Welcome to the Get More Success Show. He's a guy who never measured a man's success by the size of his wife. It's showtime. 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 And now, here is your host, Warwick Mary. Welcome back to another episode of the Get More Success Show. This is your host, Warwick Mary. Now, today I have someone who I've known for quite some time has done some amazing things to help people flourish in the workplace, but is always looking for that extra level of success. Please welcome to the show, Karen Schmidt. Hello, Warwick. It's great to be talking to you. Lovely to have you here. Now, I'm going to start off with... um, The question I ask everybody, which is, how do you define success? I love this question. And and for me, I define success in one word, and that's freedom. Uh, For me, it's a freedom to do the things you enjoy doing, to spend your time the way that you like spending it, to hang out with the people you want to hang out with, um, and, and giving you the freedom to then pursue things in business, but also outside of business, because I think you, you really do need to get those two areas right, or otherwise you can end up with success that's really not sustainable. And, and you meet a lot of people who, who are successful in maybe one area of their life and a complete failure in the rest. Uh, and, and I really feel that by getting the two of those um, right, you know, I don't necessarily in balance, but, but getting them right um, to me is, is success and it's all about freedom. Now, I'm really interested in your comment there about sustainable success and uh, knowing you and your own evolution within your business and, and what you're doing um, and continuing to look at being on the, the, maybe not the bleeding edge, but the current edge of how do we get this workforce engaged, etc. One of the things you talk about is this sustainability or unsustainability of success. Talk to me more about why success is unsustainable. Yeah, well, I, I like to start by thinking about, well, what does the, the word sustainable actually mean? And, and, if you, and I love looking words up in the dictionary. It's one of my favourite things to do. And you look it up and, and it, it says to be able to maintain without causing damage. Now, we often think of um, sustainability as it relates to the environment, you know, that's the been a big thing in the last five to ten years but what about for people and what about for people in their careers now I say career whether you are um, working for someone else or running your own business working for yourself um, I meet lots of people and have in the last sort of five to ten years that I've been involved in in leadership development who, who look successful on the outside but they don't feel it on the inside and they know that they cannot sustain it the way it is So what tends to happen to them is that something has to give. Either their um, work performance suffers, their personal life suffers, their relationships suffer in some way because what they're doing can't be sustained at that level. It's causing them damage in in some area of their life. So what are some of the the cracks that that show that this is happening? Because there's a lot of people I know who are in these senior kind of positions who think they've got it under control. They're like, yeah, 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 no worries. No. And they're like that, um, uh, the graceful swan, who's everything appears to be okay, but they're peddling like mad. And half the time, it's, it's themselves they've got confused. So what, what are some of the cracks for someone to sort of go, maybe I don't quite have this as good at, uh, under control as what I think? Yeah, you're absolutely right. And for a long time, we, you know, that, that 
that metaphor of the, 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 the swan looking graceful on the surface and paddling furiously underneath was encouraged. But over time, that, that, that wears you down. The swan doesn't do that all the time. He kicks just enough to keep him going and then he stops. But humans seem to think that, especially people in business, seem to think that you've got to maintain that constantly. To answer your question, I would say there are, I can narrow it down to three things. I mean, obviously there are more um, and, and I see them all the time. And those three things are anger, anxiety and addiction. All right. So think about the person who gets angry in the traffic on the way to work every day. You know, that, that, that's in fact often not about the person who's pulled in in front of them. Because, you know, when you're trying to merge lanes, you want people to let you in. The minute someone does it to you, now you're honking your horn and getting angry. But that, that going off into anger at something that doesn't actually deserve it. I mean, does it matter if that one car gets in front of you? No, but you, you make it that. You then take that anger to work, you know, and you, you get annoyed at people um, much quicker than you should, you know start calling them an idiot, whatever word it is. So that I hear, see a lot of, of, of anger out there. You also see people very anxious, you know, and, and this is um, where things like imposter syndrome show up. So that idea that I'm not really successful, I'm not really good at this, I've just faked it somehow and fooled people. And one time, day soon, they're all going to find out. I remember this from a, from a favourite movie of mine, Notting Hill, with Julia Roberts. It's a bit of an old one, but the idea of, you know, my looks are going to fade and one day everyone's going to find out I really can't act. And then I'll be that girl you see in the supermarket. Didn't you used to be somebody, you know, so there's a lot of anxiety people have around, you know, can I, can I stay like this? What are people saying about me? When are they going to find out the truth? And a lot of the time it's not true that they actually are. Um, talented and, and experienced, but they don't feel that way. So they're constantly trying to maintain this facade, put on this mask, and, and that becomes very draining. The final one, addictions, uh, people are probably listening to this and going, well, come on, look, I'm not, I, I don't have a drinking problem or, you know, anything like that. But you don't have to be, you know, really in a mess to be addicted. Um, the number one addiction of choice for most people that is acceptable nowadays is shopping, consumerism. You know, that idea that, that you know, you, you're in a job that you find stressful, makes you angry, so what do you do to, um, to recover from that? I know I'll buy myself something. It might be electronics or jewellery or even, you know, holidays can fall into this category if you're spending more than you can actually afford. You get addicted to that buzz of going on holidays and then what happens is you have to keep going to work to pay for the addiction that you've just used to help you cope with going to work. Um, and in fact, you know, I think, I think about, um, you know, addictions in, in the form of things like people being addicted to sugary foods as well. You know, that can be another type of, of, of addiction. Uh, and so that's when you see people doing something in any of those to the extreme um, where you think, hmm, that, that's not going to be sustainable. If you keep doing that for five years, ten years, where are you going to be? Mm. Where's your um, relationships going to be? Where's your health going to be? Uh, any of those things can't keep going. Yeah, yeah. So, And that, that gets back to that sustainability. It's not sustainable to carry that level of anger, anxiety or, or addiction. You, you just won't last. You'll burn out or disintegrate along the way. 
So what yeah. can someone do if, um, and this could be you, dear listener, who might think to yourself, maybe I'm one of those angry people or maybe I'm spending too much time going out for a cigarette or on the pokies. So what can someone do if they identify and go, maybe I am carrying too much anger, anxiety um, or addiction or maybe just I don't want to get to that completely um, unsustainable. I need to take some action now. What are some of the simple things people can do to make their level of success more sustainable? Sure. Well, this is where, you know, I am starting to talk to people about the idea that if the, if the issue is sustainability, I believe that the solution to capture it in one word is authenticity. Now, it's a word that's used a lot by people and it's, you know, it's easy to say, oh, what does that mean? But I think you've got to, when you've got to be more true to yourself, be your real self, turn up as your real self then you start to understand why you use anger, anxiety, addiction, whatever it is, to cope with something that's clearly not right for you. Now, it's easy to say to people, be more authentic. How do you do it? Well, this is where in the last couple of years I've actually been doing some research myself. Now, I'm not a scientist, okay? So in, you know, this is not scientific As research. It's not a real scientific guarantee. This is not true research. It's just study of one individual. I think we've got that covered. Yeah, we, we actually, and, I, and I, when in fact it started was a couple of years back when I got fascinated by the idea of reinvention. And so I actually set out to interview a whole bunch of people about reinvention. You were one of them, Mr. Mary. Um, and what was fascinating in doing that is I learned a lot about people's stories, where they'd come from, where they, where they, what, where they wanted to go to, what their definition of success was. And it turned out that most people hadn't reinvented There was a great term and it's a word we throw around, but in fact, they hadn't. The word that became most common that they, to describe what they'd done is they had done a pivot. And so I I looked at this research and, and, and thought to myself, okay, how does that relate to what I've done? You know, how can you use this term pivot? And as you know, because you and I have known each other quite a while, um, Warwick, in my, um, one of my interests in life is ballroom dancing. What do we do a lot of in ballroom dancing? Pivot. So I then looked at, okay, well, how do you actually do a pivot? How does a pivot differ to doing a change? So if you think of change, you think of taking this leap into the unknown. You think of, you know, changing everything. And this is why people hate change at work. You know, they're in their little comfort zone. I've got to stop doing all this and start doing all that. Instead with a pivot, what you do is you use a few... um, key principles to help you actually do the pivot when you dance and that's where I came up with five you know steps or process for how to do a pivot when it comes to your career so I can give you a little bit of 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 background on those obviously there's a lot of information but what you've got to do is start with a foundation or what you call a core now you think of dance as having a core it's got to be strong it's Mm -hmm. got to be um it's got to help you and so the core is Who are you really? What are your drivers? What are your beliefs? What are your values? What's your identity? What are your priorities? Once you establish what all those are, the next step is you need to get alignment. Okay, so a dancer can't move if their body isn't properly in alignment. Well, you also can't do your pivot unless those five areas I've just described are all in alignment. And what I need is a lot of people who are out of alignment. I've got a story that I'm constantly telling at the moment about a guy that I I met a few months ago at a a gala dinner. And I'd never met him before. We sat down next to each other randomly at dinner and I asked him about himself and he told me all about his business and he was very proud of his business. 
told him about mine. Then later on, other topics come up and I say, so what do you do when you're not working? Tell me something else about yourself. And he sat there and he looked up into the air as people do when they're really thinking about something. And he must have taken a good 20 seconds at least. And he turned to me, looked me straight in the eye and said one word, nothing. So he realised in that moment that he doesn't do anything other than work. Now, later on in the evening, you know, conversation flows around. I'm talking to the person on the other side of me. I come back to him. He pulls out his mobile phone, which he'd been accessing on a regular basis throughout the gala dinner because, of course, he was answering emails from clients at 9 o'clock on a Saturday night. And he, he proudly shows me a photo of his wife and two children who he barely sees and he's doing this all for them. And I sat there thinking to myself, and, and I've thought about it since then, that he's completely out of alignment. Mm. He says he values one thing, but in fact, he's living his life doing it completely different. Mm. So you've got to, what you think, say and do all have to be in alignment first, or otherwise you're not really being authentic. How many people do we know who say they're going to do something or say they're into something, but you've never, you have no evidence that they do it? You know, it's like me saying I do ballroom dancing. There is video evidence online <laughs> that I actually do it, you know. Um, and we all know people like that. So, so it's getting the foundation. It's getting the alignment. But then you need to choose a direction. And that's figuring out where am I now? Where do I want to go? And obviously th there's, there's quite a bit to doing that. But you've got to have be really clear on what that direction is and not just be moving away from what you're doing now. I call that having anti-goals. Well, you know, and that's the thing. There's a lot of people who will say, I don't really know what I want to do, but I know what I don't want to do. Exactly. And if you're motivated simply by what you don't want, the direct opposite of that is not necessarily what you do want. Yeah. So you need to spend some time. Figuring, so, so a dancer is going to figure out, okay, well, I'm now going to, I've got my, my I've, I've worked on my core. I've got my body aligned. I'm now going to go in which direction? Where is there a gap on the floor that I can move to? Yeah. So once you've done that, you've, you've, you've picked a direction then what you actually want to do is use leverage. Now, in, the, in, in terms of, of with dancing, we don't just try and do a pivot from a dead start. We've actually leveraged it by using the steps that went before it. So for most of the people that I meet, they've been in the workforce a while. They've got skills. They've got experiences. They've got contacts which they can leverage. And as you would know from running this podcast, it's amazing what you happen when you ask people that you know, hey, will you be on my podcast? Mm. People will happily help you. So you're leveraging all your contacts to, to create this great podcast. Well, it's the same if you want to change direction in your, your small business or in your career. Leverage what you've already got working for you. And the right leverage really amplifies the movement that you're after. Absolutely. It becomes far less hard work. Mm. Uh, and, and, you know, if you've got all those years of experience you, and, and those skills and contacts, you may as well put them into place. But the final step, which really helps it then, is getting momentum. Mm. Right? So you've got your leverage, you've got to use it to then get that momentum so that what a lot of people do is to say, right, I'm going to change something or I'm going to go in a new direction in my career. They take a couple of steps, maybe a giant leap. They go, right, that's it. I'm going to fully commit to this. And it lasts about how long? You know, I was talking to some, had dinner with some friends last night and one of them um, said, uh, oh, Karen, do you like cauliflower soup? And I went, well, we've never tried it. They said, oh, we've got this whole batch of cauliflower soup in the freezer. Would you like to take it home and try it? Because 
my flatmate decided to go vegetarian. It lasted a week. <laughs> and now we have cauliflower soup that she made this huge batch because she'd gone, I'm going to, I'm going to commit to being this vegetarian and, and pick a vegetable she didn't even particularly like, but she went, that's what vegetarians do. They, they pick something that's really pure. And they, so what she'd done is made a giant leap. What I propose with momentum is you actually get momentum with small steps. It's not about making this huge grand gesture. It's about the small steps that you take on a regular basis so that you don't have to motivate yourself. As our, our, our colleague and, and great speaker, Keith Abraham, is, is, says regularly, it's, being successful isn't about motivation. It's about momentum. Mm. And I also think part of that momentum is having people support you along the way. So in a dancing concept, in ballroom, of course, there's a partnership, right? So I think you should partner to get that momentum and get support from people. Now, you've got to get the right support. You know, in, in me going in a new direction in my business, I'm getting lots of great support from fellow speakers I know, but not everybody has access to people like that. Yeah. Sadly, a lot of people turn to support to, look, family and friends are great, so are colleagues at work, but they tend to have um, an impression of you um, a belief that you should do certain things, whereas that's not going to help you to actually do a pivot. That's going to keep you in your comfort zone and you can turn around and go, well, six months from now, I said I was going to do things differently and actually nothing's changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you're talking about that, that momentum, it's having, is having uh, accountability as part of, part of the support helpful? Because part of what I would think is that, the commitment has to last longer than the enthusiasm. For example, your vegetarian friend, um, and we, we all, and I'm the same, I get excited and enthusiastic about something, but it takes time. It's not an instant. The decision's instant, but the result takes effort. So to have that commitment needs, in my, I would have thought, some kind of support or, or accountability. What, what's been your experience with that? That is absolutely true. You, you need that, that accountability and not somebody who's just going to pat you on the back and go, aren't you good? You know, mm. oh, you, oh, it's okay that you didn't do any, what you said you were going to do. There are all these extenuating circumstances. And, and this is why part of, of what I want to do in the future is not only have a program that people can do where they can learn more about each of those, those pivot concepts that, that I've described, but also to have a support mechanism so that I, either in a group scenario or, or me working with them individually, that they've got that accountability to say, okay, well, what, what are you going to do in the next week? And make sure that someone's there to say, okay, well, let's talk about how it went, why you didn't do it. Because we all know that we can, as you said, have these plans and they don't go anywhere. And, we, you know, people will stumble at the first roadblock, at the first barrier, and that's the other thing that you've got to know But when you're, want to create momentum is well, what are the likely barriers you're going to face and how can you put in place things to lessen those barriers and be realistic? Mm. You know, you're going to have things that, that fail along the way, but that's actually a good thing because it's helping you to then narrow down what will and won't work. So those five key principles I think are fantastic when you come to that pivot because you're right, trying to do a colossal change, a complete 180 is too hard but the pivoting is something that that is something that is more sustainable to use the language that you're using i'm interested in your dancing let's uh, let's go for somewhere different for the moment as the ballroom dancer that you are and and ladies and gentlemen it, it's worth checking out just googling 
Karen Schmidt dancing and you'll see some amazing pictures of her all glammed up in this weird, wonderful dancing positions, neck back and arms out. It's fantastic. Um, how important, what I see with a lot of executives and, and people who, who work is like, like your friend at the gala dinner or your new friend at the gala dinner, or maybe not even friend. Um, he was so focused on one thing that rejecting everything else around him. How important is it to have something like dancing in your life that is non-work related, um, yet obviously it's an under, undercurrent theme with, with your, with your five-step process, but how important is it to you to have something outside of your work? Oh, look, it's, it's, it's everything. You know, I think it's that opportunity to um, be yourself. You know, you don't have to, you know, when we're in business or when we're in our career, we, or we feel that we have to present a certain image to the world. Mm. And, and sometimes you end up with too many masks you're wearing, you know, too many layers to, to who you think you should be. But I find with dancing, it's an opportunity to really be yourself. You can be, you know, very authentic, I find. Um, I actually learned to dance first when I was 19. I'm clearly a little older than that now. And it was something that I did for a while and then I left and came back to again and again. It was a theme in my life. Mm. And about uh, probably 12 years ago, it became a permanent fixture. Um, and uh, for me, why I love dancing in particular is it's not just that it's good in exercise, and there's lots of evidence out there now that, you know, dancing is a fabulous form of exercise, particularly as people age. But it's also very social. You know, I've made lots of friends through, through dancing. Um, and it's, you, you know, keeps your mind active. And for me, I not only compete, but I also am one of the assistant um, instructors at the studio. And so I get to help new people learn to dance and, and pass on the passion that, that I have for dancing to them. Mm. Uh, and that also reminds me of what it's like to be the beginner. So my thing this year, not only that, so in the last 12 months, I have started competing with my teacher, who is a very highly ranked Latin dancer. Now, we don't do Latin. <laughs> we do another, other styles, which, are, which in the industry are known as standard and new vogue which is the far more elegant, graceful style of dancing. Uh, you have to keep in mind that my teacher is 28. I'm 54. I couldn't keep up with him if we did Latin. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I'm, I'm learning from him, but I'm also helping other people to learn. Yeah, great. And, and I think that all of those things combined, for me, help to make it such a, a great activity. And sure, you also get great music and you get to hang out with guys. So, you know, as a single girl, what more, what more could you want from that? It's a winning combination. So what other, what other passions do you have outside your business? Because I have a funny feeling you're a bit of a petrol head as well. <laughs> well, petrol head might be a little bit of extreme, but yeah, you, you're absolutely right. There are other things. Yes, I love dancing, but I also um, have an MX-5. And I've been a member of the MX5 club. So when I say hooning, I don't want anyone who's in the police listening to this thinking, right? Responsible hooning at less than yes. the speed limit at all times. But there is something about driving with the top down through windy roads, which is great. And I, I get great joy from that. And, and some people, coming back to what we were saying before about, you know, addictions and spending and consumerism, some people might think, well, you know, is, is that a good use of your money to have this sports car? And I've adopted recently the, the, the concept of minimalism, you know, in, in just not buying things and owning mm. stuff. But my car I, is a great, um, gives me great joy, you know, um, and it's also something I enjoy with friends, you know, taking them out 
Um, I also have a great love of gardening, as you know, you know, and, and whether it's on a little balcony garden or visiting great gardens of the world and jazz. I love listening to jazz. Can't mm. not play an instrument, can't sing in tune, but yeah, I love jazz. <laughs> <laughs> so and I think the things that you've done because you've, you've pivoted yourself. You, were in a, you started as an employee, you set up your own business. You've done a lot of L&D with, with some, some of Australia's leading companies um, and you're now uh, pivoting again. What do you wish you'd known sooner in, in, the, in your life as in gaining the success or the freedom that you've gained? What do you wish, you'd, what, what do you, wish you could tell, you know, 25-year-old Karen? Oh, yeah, and, and I've, thought about, I've thought about this actually because, you know, around that age it was, it was a quite pivotal point, things that, things that were going on. I think it's that to take more calculated risks and, and to be more clear on what your own definition of success is. You know, I've, I've known all along that, you know, that, that freedom of that flexibility of hours, you know, I worked in HR before I started my own business and I made a really bad employee, <laughs> you know, cause I didn't like turning up to work at a certain time and following all the rules. You know, I'll follow the rules if they make sense, but, but we become so rule bound and, and that we, we, we fall into that, that conforming to, well, this is what society says that we should do. And in fact, if that's not your version of success, you need to just let it go. Uh, but we do care too much about what everybody else thinks. Mm. And, um, you know, for example, and this next bit of information you don't even know about because, I, you know, I've got to give you some surprises in this podcast. I love it. Part of my, you know, pivot for my business to move away from, from looking at leadership development to looking at this the idea of sustainable success is um, I have as of a few days ago, sold my apartment and I am going to be a house sitter for the rest of the year because house sitting is the other thing that I have um, been introduced to in the last 12 months or so. I spent uh, house sat around Brisbane last year and then spent Christmas in Canada for free looking after someone's cat. Um, And so I'm going to do that on an ongoing basis now because that is the sort of freedom that I want, that I can, you know, if I'm sick of the Brisbane winter, maybe I'll go to Cairns in a few months. Fantastic. So for me, I have made quite a major change. But in fact, it fits really well with what's important to me. And when, when I've discussed it with people who know me well, they go, that makes sense for you. Yeah, now, yeah. I might be horrified, <laughs> absolutely horrified that I'm going to do that. But I love animals and I love being in, going and staying in different places and, and travelling light. So for me, there's a few other things that I am pivoting on as well. Now, that doesn't mean that everybody has to make that many, um, you know, changes of direction in, in their life at once. But for me, it's right. Yeah, yeah. That's fantastic. It's been so good hearing about your, your different definitions, the five-step process, and the fact that you are now uh, essentially a woman of no fixed abode anymore. That's superb. Um, <laughs> as you're traveling the world and living in different places, if people want to get in touch with you to find out more about how you might be able to help them, what's the best way for them to track you down? Best a little, way- little, little white Miata parked on side of road in uh, some random street somewhere in the world? Yeah, well, it, I don't know that I'll be taking the car overseas. No. Uh, but in fact, uh, you can find me at my website, which is karenschmidt.com.au. Uh, or if people want to look me up on, on LinkedIn, uh, that they'll also find me um, there. I'm still getting my uh, fa- you know, Facebook page up as well. 
Um, but you'll find all that through the um, through the website where I am now got details on uh, you know a pro the program that I'm I'm offering on um, sustainable success and coaching services and speaking of course. Fantastic, Karen. Thank you so much for your time today. No, look, it's been it's been a pleasure, Warwick, and I and I hope that you know the time we spent on the podcast has helped at least one person um, have more sustainable success. Fantastic. You've been listening to the Get More Success Show with your host, Warwick Mary. Thanks for your company. I look forward to sharing it again next time. Thanks for listening to the Get More Success Show with Warwick Mary. Continue the conversation with other successful people over at getmoresuccess.com. That's where you'll find all the show notes as well as a link to our Facebook group that we'd love for you to join. GetMoreSuccess.com is also where you'll find all the information you need to connect with me, your host, Warwick Merry. Thanks for listening, and until next time, enjoy your success.